0: Chapter 6 Relationships Part 1 Emotional Healing and Growth Through Relationships Positive Affirmation Love and respect is currency in relationships. The more we pour into our relationships, the more value they contain. If successful, our relationships can offer some of our greatest joys and a great deal of personal growth. If we have problems in our relationships, they can cause our deepest pains. But our struggles with them can give us a point of focus to direct our self-reflection. In this chapter, we're going to talk about how relationships can bring up our emotions and can force us to take a little deeper look at ourselves. Three things relationships have taught me. One. They have made me aware of what triggers my emotions. Knowing my triggers helps me know the source of my problems as well as what motivates me. Two, they have helped me know how to control my emotions and respond with gentleness. Three, they have helped me see a connectedness between myself and others. Triggers and Patterns A trigger is something that suddenly causes you to feel an emotion or access a memory. Intimate relationships can be great instigators of triggers, but they can also create some of your deepest wounds that are difficult to heal from. Identifying your triggers and patterns can be a very liberating experience. Sometimes you may not know what triggers you. All you know is that you're angry, shut down, or even suddenly taken over with anxiety. Knowing the triggers that disempower you provides great insight into yourself. Once you can identify a trigger, you can trace back to where you have been hurt. Then from a safe place, you can heal that experience and continue to move forward without leaving part of yourself stuck in the past. Often there are patterns to our triggers, And these same patterns show up in each relationship we have. Think of any difficulties you've had with intimate relationships, friends, and family, or in a workplace. Is there a common theme among any of them? One of the steps to moving away from your triggers and healing your relationship with the past is to bring acceptance to the situation or trauma you're healing. Once you see a pattern, you can start the process of healing the source of it. For example, if you've been pushed away by several people, rejection may be a trigger for you. Look back at the first time you felt rejected. Did a childhood friend end their friendship with you? Or did one of your siblings or parents reject you? How to identify your triggers. Your needs can sometimes be what triggers you. Here are some examples of how to identify some of your triggers. Fill in the blank space with the appropriate word or words from the list below. Ask yourself, I need to be. Now fill in that word with accepted, rejected, liked, understood, needed, valued, in control, right, treated fairly, given attention, comfort, included, challenged, And there may be other words that you could fill into that blank when you ask yourself, I need to be. Then ask yourself, I require freedom, quiet time, balance, consistency, order, love, safety, predictability, change. And again, you may have different words that fit into the question, I require. There could be a great deal of trapped emotion around the traumatic events in your life. Acceptance may be how you start to move away from your traumatic experience. Acceptance does not mean that the other person was right to cause you harm. It means that even though you did not like what happened, it did happen, and you have acknowledged it and decided to move forward. Acceptance marks the willingness to start moving your way out of a traumatic event from your past. It is like mentally drawing a line in the sand and then stepping over it. Everything behind the line is now your past. Now you have a distinct marker to move forward from. If you are finding it hard to even make the first step to acceptance, look for what you can start to accept in the situation. Then gradually move acceptance to cover the entire event. For years I was haunted by a difficult relationship from my childhood. I could not seem to make any real progress healing it, and this person would come to my mind almost daily. I despised this person for all the repeated awful things they did to me. But I tried for years to forgive them. Even when I thought I had finally forgiven them, though I really had not, under the surface I was still angry, I just could not seem to find my way to forgiveness. Then one day it dawned on me, how could I forgive this person when I could not accept what they had done? By inserting acceptance into the situation, I stopped the flow of anger. This was my first step toward forgiveness. Each time I noticed my anger with the situation... I had to move back into acceptance and stop the stream of angry thoughts I was projecting. If you struggle with someone or something, make your healing about you and you only. Never place anything in front of your peace. This means that you learn to be okay and peaceful regardless of what other people say or do. You do not require the world to be at peace For you to be surrendered to yours. If you wait for others to join you in your healing, you may never get the resolve that you're looking for. Remember, your peace is not obtained. You surrender to it within yourself. Six steps to healing. 1. Make a list of all the things that move you away from your peace. What makes you sad, angry, frustrated, or etc.? Two, once you have your list, look for common trends or patterns. Three, bring acceptance into what's on your list. If you find it hard to do, start with applying acceptance to a small portion of what you want to heal. It may start with the acceptance that the event happened. This does not make it right, but it helps create movement. Allow yourself to become vulnerable with yourself. Your freedom may be sitting just outside of your comfort zone. Four, once you have accepted what causes you to struggle, your willingness to let it go happens more effortlessly. Letting go can be hard if you have made the opposite choice for many years of your life. In that case, letting go may need to be something that you keep doing from one moment to the next. Five, the next step is to send love to the entire event or person. Imagine love flowing from your heart and surrounding the situation or people involved. Six, finally, imagine that you are hugging yourself and bringing back that part of you that's stuck in the past. Bring yourself from the past back with you into this present moment. Do this last step with your eyes closed to turn this tool into a healing visualization. It can be very effective. Healing our wounds can take time and the process can stir up a lot of emotion. Don't try to force yourself to heal. It's important to go at your own pace. The key is to love yourself during the process. Every step you make is a small victory. Regulating Emotions Understanding your emotions and learning how to master them is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself and the people in your relationships. When you overreact, respond to your emotions can be a very tiring thing for yourself and for people on the receiving end. Who really enjoys adult adult temper tantrums? Conversely, if you underreact and have no emotions, This can be problematic as well. There are many situations that call for a response. When your partner has exciting news to share, they want you to be happy for and with them. If they're going through a difficult time, a compassionate approach from you would be important. Either way, your emotions are an important part of communicating with your partner. Proper communication helps you support your partner's emotional needs. Emotional intelligence is the capability of individuals to recognize their own and other people's emotions. It allows them to discern between different feelings and label them appropriately. We use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior and manage and or adjust emotions to adapt to environments, or to achieve goals. Emotional intelligence plays a huge role in your ability to regulate emotions and respond in an appropriate manner. Being able to flow between the banks of high and low emotions gives you power over stressful events in your life. For example, your emotional response to having a flat tire while you're driving to work is entirely up to you. One person will perceive and respond with no emotion, while the other person could respond by getting angry. They could even stay angry all day, causing undue drama to other situations. You are solely responsible for how do you react to life. By not allowing your emotions to control you and owning your reactions, you create a healthier balance in your emotions, you can let go of your emotions in the same way you learned how to let go of your thoughts. Much like your thoughts, emotions may not be real, true, or yours. You could be misreading what you feel at times, or you could be feeling someone else's emotions. It is not mandatory to react to every feeling that arises in you. Just because you feel something does not mean that you are required to be a slave to that feeling. By learning to pay attention to your feelings, you can choose how you respond to them. Each time you watch a feeling and stop yourself from feeling it, you change your relationship to it. By just watching feelings come and then fade away, you burn up the energy they contain. Be patient and willing to keep applying this technique each time you notice your emotions taking over. It is important not to give up on the process. The mind has a way of creeping in to smear negativity on things. When an emotion arises that you are trying to let go of, be sure to let go of the self-talk around it. You only strengthen your emotions when you immediately begin to talk to yourself about them as they arise labeling emotions one day i woke up feeling angry i was not sure why nor did i have a reason to feel that way my anger persisted all morning and then while i was driving to work i decided to share with my wife what i was feeling i told her i did not know what was wrong with me but i just felt all this anger inside of me When I told her about this, a story came to mind about an old friend of mine. As a young boy, my friend was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder and was told he would never be able to get rid of it and would need to be on medication for the rest of his life. Halfway through a six-month meditation retreat, he ran out of his anxiety medication. He knew this was going to happen, but he had hoped that by that point, he would be better and would would not need his medication. But in the middle of, his, of one of his days, he suddenly felt his anxiety come on and he started to have a panic attack. He knew what was happening, so he went straight to his teacher and demanded that he be brought into town to see a doctor to refill his prescription. His teacher asked if he would sit with him for a few minutes before they left for town. But my friend's anxiety was getting worse and he insisted that it was an emergency and that he had to go right away. Again, his teacher asked him to do an exercise before they left. Reluctantly, to please his teacher, my friend agreed so that he could get going. His teacher asked him to remove the label from what he was feeling. Then the teacher asked him to put his attention onto what he was experiencing in that moment, without labels or judgments, he told my friend just be a silent witness to what he was experiencing. After a few minutes, the teacher asked my friend if he was sure what he was feeling was anxiety. In total shock and amazement, my friend suddenly began to cry. He realized that he was not feeling anxiety at all, he was feeling an intense joy and bliss come up in him. All his life, he had been told that what he was feeling was anxiety and it was a bad thing. Without ever knowing the difference, he continued to believe his diagnosis until that day when his teacher stopped him, brought him to the present moment, and removed the label from his feelings. On my drive to work that day, when I was feeling so angry and remembered this story about my friend, I decided to let go of the label I had placed on my feelings. I told my wife I was going to change the label to a neutral one. Instead of saying I was angry, I said I was feeling a lot of energy in me. As soon as I removed the label of anger, I noticed instantly I felt different. I had been struggling all morning with the feeling of anger and frustration, and within five minutes of removing the label, it was gone. Layers of emotion. Often emotions are layered. What you initially feel may not be the entire truth. Your first emotion may be a partial truth. And when you look a little bit closer, you discover a deeper and more honest feeling that offers greater insight to what you're really feeling. Like your thoughts, you sometimes get told what to feel about situations If you are angry, you may be told to calm down right away. In other situations that upset you, you may be directed to stop crying. Just because someone else does not feel the way you do, that does not mean that you are not justified in having your own feelings. In my past, I can only recall two emotions. I was either happy or mad. During my trip from my childhood to adulthood, I blocked out most of my feelings between happiness and anger. There were several contributing factors for this. I was a guy, and there are gender roles to follow. Men do not cry, and we're taught to be strong no matter what. This is not true. Being able to access your emotions is a valuable tool. Your emotions help you read people in situations in order to respond appropriately. They can also point to what you need to heal in yourself. If you're holding trauma from your past, your emotions will be your first indicator. By looking at what is hiding beneath the layers of your emotions, you can get to the bottom of why you feel the way you do. This in turn will help you become more empowered and less controlled by your emotions. This type of work is only necessary until you bring your emotions into a healthy balance once this is achieved it need only be a tool you use from time to time take some time and dissect your layers of emotion make a list of your strong emotions now look at each one and ask yourself is this emotion true do i really feel this way you can also apply this in the moment when you have a strong emotion rise up in you. Doing this will help you learn more about yourself. Once you have this information, you'll be better equipped to avoid being trapped in the same layer of emotion. The danger of emotions. When your emotions get too far out of balance, you may experience an emotional hijacking. This occurs when your limbic area, the area of the brain that regulates emotions, goes into overdrive. This causes restricted access to logical cognitive faculties. According to Daniel Goleman, in his book Emotional Intelligence, during an emotional hijacking, your amygdala, which is in the limbic area of your brain, shuts down your frontal cortices of your brain. Knowing this, when you begin to feel overwhelmed by your emotions, helps you tell yourself it's important to breathe and refrain from speaking. Once you have calmed down, then you can respond to a situation with greater ease and logic. This simple and practical advice can be a valuable tool when you feel a temper tantrum coming on inside your mind. Just know that in that moment, during an emotional hijacking, that your logical cognitive resources are cut off, and you may regret the words that you speak or your actions. In my past, I was quick to anger and slow to cool. I found it challenging to strike a balance. People close to me found it hard to talk with me because if I did not like what I was hearing, I'd become very defensive and angry. Learning how to listen without falling into my emotions was a massive obstacle for me to overcome. Over time, though, I learned how to soften my approach in relationships. Finding equilibrium happened for me when i became genuine loving respectful and caring for myself and then others the difference was as i was becoming willing to come from truth rather than passivity or anger because relationships invoke some of our deepest emotions ranging from extremely positive to extremely negative they will continue to be great teachers with your emotional self. Once you master your emotions by rising above them, you can move into a different domain of relationships. One where you now have clarity to rise above your wounds and not fall prey to other people's traumas. What are relationships about? Relationships are about engagement. An authentic engagement requires that you respond in diverse ways. How you engage with the world and others can tell you a lot about yourself. They call for you to express yourself and to listen to others. In a successful relationship, both people are authentic and real. You are willing to openly share what you feel, see, and hear, and you must be open to a willingness to receive the same. From the emotional aspect of relationships, they have the potential to show your strengths and weaknesses so they can serve as a self-mastery tool. Take some time and look at your relationships. Are you a leader amongst your friends? Or do you prefer to support and follow along? What type of friends or partners do you attract? Look at their strengths and weaknesses. You might find similarities in yourself. Use your relationships to become a better communicator. Openly share with your family, friends, and partner. If you're feeling frustrated, try to gather more information. This will lead to a more harmonious relationships. Since assumptions can create deep struggles in your relationships, effective communication dispels a great many assumptions. Be quick to notice if your mind is making up stories. Before you get mad or frustrated with your partner or friends, find out if your thoughts are valid. Use what you learn from your relationships with others to build a more loving relationship with yourself. For the relationship you are having with yourself is one you have to spend a great deal of time with. It is just as important to be kind and loving with yourself as you are with others, and by doing so, you then drop a little deeper into relationships. Beyond your struggles and relationships with others, there lies a deeper truth, one that moves you into empowerment. This deeper truth is that at the heart of your struggles with another, you find yourself looking back. Many of your struggles with other people are really a problem you are having with yourself. Take some time and reflect on where you can find yourself in the issues you are having with another. Finding unity in your relationships. When you clear away your wounds, the spirit of unity between you and another is more likely to be discovered. When you see that oneness in another, you then discover the greater purpose of relationships. When two people can gaze in each other's eyes and speak to one another's souls, instead of banging their egos together, they are able to catch a glimpse of the unity between them. There's no longer a need to struggle back and forth projecting traumas and dramas onto each other. Joining together with another can serve a much greater purpose when both individuals have cleared themselves of their desire to play ego tug-of-war. We can join our energies to collectively seam together our potential power as one entity. Our human potential is amplified exponentially by joining together as one. Unity is already in place and completely intact. It is not something you need to create. It's something that you embrace. All you need to do to experience it is to love others, the world, and yourself. Begin to look for your similarities in another because by doing so, You just might discover the spirit of unity. Even if you are the only person in your community who is coming from a place of love and a willingness to spark unity with others, you make a difference. You open the door for more meaningful relationships to unfold in your life. You not only affect your life, but you affect every person you meet. Tools to deepen your experience with this chapter. 1. Make a list of all the things that move you away from your peace. What makes you sad, angry, frustrated? Once you have your list, look for common trends. 2. Trace the origin of your triggers. When was the first time you were triggered? Trace it back as far as you can go in your memories. 3. Work with the six steps to healing. Steps 3, 4, and 5 may take a bit of time and effort on your part. Take as much time as you need to work with the steps. Four, how are you at communicating with your partner? One thing you can do is ask your partner how they rate your communication skills. Be open to their response if you ask. This exercise could open up a very useful dialogue for your relationship. Number five, be aware of your emotions as they arise and practice letting go of feeling your emotions. 6. Take some time to look at all the relationships you have. Are there any similarities among them all?